0: All right, welcome back to this week's edition of the Rock and Roll Ghost Podcast. This week we have filmmaker Alan Unger, uh, whose new movie Bandit starring Josh DeMel, Alicia Cuthbert, and Mel Gibson is uh, in theaters fr- and on demand Friday, September 23rd, correct?
1: That is correct.
0: All right, welcome to the show, Alan. I appreciate you coming on.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh,
0: okay, well, um, this is your second uh, feature film correct after
1: gridlocked uh third third okay. which one am i missing i did a little movie it's funny no one ever talks about it it's pretty hilarious it's called tap it was it was a small little movie i did before gridlocked okay
0: all right what uh what was that about
1: it was uh it was an mma movie it was like uh sort of- oh
0: right oh I, I did see that sorry i i, I blanked on uh yeah I didn't realize you directed that one. That's why. No, no, it's
1: okay. Most people, um, most people keep counting Uncharted as a feature, so I just kind of let them know.
0: <laughs> I, I watched that this morning, uh, and wow, that was really well done. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that um, I haven't seen the the film. A friend of mine actually almost directed it. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, he wrote a he wrote a, a draft, or he wrote not a draft, but he wrote was working on a screenplay and he was going to direct it, but then so whatever happened, but it was Joe Carnahan
1: who did- uh, Oh, Joe. Yeah. Joe's amazing. Man. I, um, I was supposed to meet Joe a few years ago because Frank Grillo and I had a movie that we were gearing up to do, uh, which is actually the reason I made Uncharted uh, because this movie I was doing with Frank fell apart and I needed some noise to make. I didn't want to have to go back to LA and explain to people you know, why something fell apart and didn't work. I needed like a bait and switch. So I ended up doing uh, Uncharted yeah. as a result of that. But that's pretty funny, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I got to meet him a number of years. I was actually, um, I got to check out Boss le- the filming at Boss Level for a day uh, with Frank and, and uh, obviously Joe. That's uh, awesome. Years ago. But yeah, he's a, he's in Columbia now filming this crazy looking.
1: Yeah, Shadow Force. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Looks really cool. Well, if you ever get to meet him, you know, uh, I, I think you, you'd hit it off with him. So he's a really good guy yeah um well tell me about if i could just diverge into the uncharted thing obviously that became a big deal and you got nathan in there who a lot of people on the internet wanted nathan for the role to begin with um but the thing is actually i mean it's pretty slick i can't imagine because you weren't you know set up with with Naughty Dog or any film company you just did this on your own, right?
1: Yeah, it was um, It was around the time when, you know, a lot of people were doing these really cool unauthorized fan shorts, right, which would usually debut at, like, Comic-Con or, or one of the expos, and, uh, you know, I saw Dan, uh, Dan Trackenberg had done one, Kevin Tancheron, um and you know adi shankar was producing a lot of these things like you know um, dirty laundry for the punisher the power Rangers, short of course right and you know i was like you know it would be really cool if somebody could do that with the uncharted property in such a way where there would be this creative freedom to cast accordingly because the biggest issue in hollywood of course is that the the fan cast you know that that whole idea of casting the person that's right for all creatively usually doesn't work on the business side of things. Right. And so when I had started playing the game, I was in a dorm room in university, and uh, I became obsessed with it. And I just revisited Firefly. I was like, man, it would be so cool if Nathan Fillion, you know, played Drake. It was kind of like it was made for him. It was like Taylor made for him. Yeah. So um, it just sort of was an idea in the back of my mind I had. For And then when I finally started making movies and I was in the business and I was building relationships, I uh, was able to call a friend uh, who I came up with who knew Nathan. And I just said, listen, uh, you should pitch him on this. And my friend had no concept of video game success. He didn't understand sort of the zeitgeist, the pop culture. So he said, no, this is a terrible idea. I'm not doing that. And I was like, "Okay, I'm going to write you an essay on why you should call Nathan. And of course, you know, begrudgingly, he eventually did it. And Nathan got back to him and was like, Yeah, let's sit down and talk about it. And then um, we were up and away.
0: Yeah. yeah. And like I said, it was, It was. I watched that this morning and I watched not too long ago. So I, I just kind of, I was coming off of that
1: energy. Was um, this the, so today was the first time you had seen it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. yeah. I, I thought I, I, I think I had read about it a while back, but it's for some reason I always missed, you know, going. There's out. a few,
1: yeah, there's, there's, there's certainly a handful of people that that's happened to. But the funny thing is that, in terms of my body of work, it's become the most ubiquitous and the one that resonated. And yeah. You know, even the week it came out uh, before I went to Comic-Con to do the junket, I was at a Starbucks and I overheard a barista talking about it. I was at the yeah. bank and the bank manager's like, I haven't seen you in a while. Where have you been? I was like, oh, I was filming this short film in, in the States that just came out this week. And one of the bank tellers popped up and said, Uncharted. Like, it's, it's crazy how much it, it sort of spread like wildfire and actually affected yeah. and people.
0: Did that, did that end up helping you get, get in the door anywhere or? or
1: Yeah, I definitely, it's funny, you know, when you make your first movie, you do the sort of water bottle couch tour, which is, you know, you'll go to all the studios and the production companies you will meet with the execs Mm -hmm. and you sit and you talk to them about things you want to do and you rarely hear back from anybody. Uh, And so what this did was it opened up the door to all the places that had no interest in talking to me before, whether it was ah, uh, we need to see more from you. We need to see bigger from you. We need this, we need that. It opened up a lot of doors to put me on a lot more people's radars, for sure. Um, yeah. it, it helped, I would say, it helped me cast Canada, undoubtedly. Yeah.
0: And you're, you're from Canada. Are you living in Canada still?
1: Yeah, I'm in Toronto. I go back and forth. Like I spent most of this year in the States. I've been home a number of weeks uh at most uh since january so yeah uh, but no it's still where my family is it's still kind of my home base that's cool No, oh, that's cool uh well let's talk a little bit about
0: bandit um first of all i was surprised because i was watching it and there's all these amazing shots of of canada which normally is the cheaper place for americans to film american movies in yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But I was surprised because you got those great shots of Canada, which we never get to really see in American movies because they're trying not to yeah. make it look like it is Canada. So they're not going to show you real Canada. But then I found out that the film was actually made in Georgia. Yeah. Which is completely hilarious to me.
1: Yeah, it's bonkers, man. It's bonkers.
0: <laughs> how did that how did that switch? Because I know you wanted the film in Canada. Um, obviously the film's the the story is mostly set in Canada it's about uh, Josh Duhamel playing a, a guy that escapes prison in America comes over to Canada tries to go straight and then people just keep you know looking into him more and he ends up becoming this infamous bank robber in Canadian history uh, something like 59 Heist
1: yeah 59
0: um, amazing story yeah um, you know, so why was the what was this reason for moving from Canada to Georgia?
1: Yeah, so it's I I remember the day I got the call. I said I can't wait till this movie comes out. I can start telling people about how ludicrous it is that yeah. maybe for the first time, maybe for the first time, instead of actually shooting a Canadian piece of content in Canada, we're doing the reverse of what everybody else does to double New York and Atlanta or whatever. Um, yeah, so COVID. COVID really complicated things quite a bit. There, there's two reasons. So the first is that COVID, you know, we instated this mandate in Canada, which was if you are coming from any other foreign country, you have to quarantine for 14 days in a hotel room. Okay. Yeah. So if you're Mel Gibson and you're working for a week, you're going to, you're basically saying, Hey, I'm going to put you in a hotel room, quarantining for a, a longer period of time than the time you're going to actually be working. It's not a great sell. Uh, nobody's, yeah. nobody's stoked about doing that. So that was the first problem. It just, it became too complicated to film here with the border and, and everything else. And we did not get the support that we wanted to from, from Canada. I mean, we were very fortunate that the Harold Greenberg Fund, which is a fund which supports the development of script writing, uh, they were very supportive in the development phase of the project. Um, but we didn't really get any support from anyone else to really stay here. You know, the tax credits here are not as attractive as somewhere like Georgia. So I figured I could double Atlanta and Vancouver pretty closely, and that rural Georgia would double for rural Ontario. And sure enough, it actually kind of worked. So I find myself you know, walking down the street, trying to find specific pieces of architecture and aesthetics that would closely resemble the Canadian cities that I know so well. And it yeah. became one big cheat. And though we did shoot in Ottawa Days in the fall last year, after uh, the, our main unit photography was done, but yeah, that was it uh, was quite the uh, quite the game.
0: Yeah, and once again, uh, the, when you did shoot, you know, the stuff in in Canada, the the you know, the, the skyscapes, you know, and all, all those, you know, like, of the of, of
1: was did you actually shoot Vancouver? When no uh, Vancouver, we didn't get out to. So the movie okay. was supposed to be shot Vancouver, Ottawa, Toronto. And it ended up being Georgia and Ottawa.
0: Okay, so you supplanted Ottawa for Vancouver.
1: Yeah. Well, we bought we bought from, uh, from you know this A lot of the time you have people in the industry who have unused footage from helicopters. Oh,
0: okay. Uh, so that was actually that was a shot of Vancouver. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. No. Okay. So
1: all the shots of Vancouver are real shots of Vancouver that we license from other films. Gotcha. That's pretty um, cool,
0: though. I didn't. I didn't. I never thought about people doing doing that sort of thing. Uh, for some
1: reason. You know, I actually think there was a famous one, Michael Bay, uh, licensed footage to a friend of his for Alcatraz many, many years later for some yeah. small film. But yeah, like, I mean, it's it's been done before, yeah.
0: That's cool. Yeah, no, they're, they're a pretty cool show. Not, not that the rest of the film isn't well shot, just that for some reason I was, I don't know, I've never been to Canada, so, it's like, it made me go, oh, Canada.
1: Okay, no one, no one on my crew working on the film had been to Canada. <laughs> It was, it was a, that's pretty
0: funny.
1: Um, well, tell me how
0: you got to the movie itself. I mean, uh, there was a book, obviously it's, it's, I don't know if you knew about the, the heist as part of Canadian history or not, but how did you come to know about the story? Yeah. So I'd always
1: heard about the moniker, the flying bandit. I just didn't have the familiarity with it. And considering he got caught a year before I was even born, it was not something that was on my radar. Uh, But the writer, Craig Wenman, who's from Vancouver, uh, he grew up in Ottawa in the 80s, and he had recalled hearing these sort of rumors, this urban legend about this unstoppable bank robber, and he never knew if it was true. And then, of course, you know, he got caught. There were articles, uh, the book. Craig became a successful writer, and then he went to trace his steps back to figure out, you know, more about the story. And so he connected with the publisher of the book who uh, connected him with Robert Knuckle, the author. And then Robert introduced uh, Craig to Gilbert, the real Gilbert oh, wow. so that he could get his permission, get his life rights and book rights. And so the, the craziest thing about it, which is just sort of a testament to how charming and, and fun he was, is you know he stayed in, in close contact with the author of the book who profiled him and the detective who caught him. It's nice. Yeah. So, is
0: the detective that caught him, Nestor Carbonell, in the film? Yeah,
1: yeah he's a composite of three different real-life counterparts, okay. but the real-life guy was George Snyder, um, and so we kind of modeled it after that.
0: That's cool. Um, that is Gilbert, I didn't even think to check this, is Gilbert out now, or is he still? Yeah, Gilbert,
1: Gilbert was on, Gilbert's in the movie, he's in the background, if you look carefully. Okay. Uh, Gilbert got out, I know he served about 25 years, and he, he moved prisons because he did a stint in Canada and then they relocated them to the States because he already had other felonies there and like a uh, um, uh, bench warrant or arrest warrant, whatever it was. Um, so yeah, he um, he got out and then he went back, got arrested a couple of times in the early 2000s for some smaller heists and I think stealing booze is one of them, not his claim to fame for sure. No. Uh, but yeah, he, um, he and Craig uh, spent a couple of... Uh, Days in Chicago before we made the movie, just going around to different banks and joking about what it would be like if he was going to rob banks now and like sort of like modern times.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's got to be difficult. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how anybody that doesn't have a lot of planning and a lot of money behind him robs it, robs a
1: bank anymore. No, no. I mean, even in the '80s, it was hard. Still, for, yeah. you know, again, fifty-nine of them is is that's crazy. Is a testament to to his character.
0: Yeah. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about the cast. How did, how did you uh, come, uh, come across or co- come to the decision of casting uh, Josh Duhamel as Gilbert? So
1: Josh was on a list very early on of guys that we thought exuded the right charisma and charm and just personality. Just because, you know, the thing about this character and a lot of it didn't make it in the movie, his, his background and his upbringing. Um, you know, he grew up in, in, in LA. He had a white mother and Hispanic father, so he was always sort of an outsider uh, due to the sort of um, uh, dual race, if you will. Um, So he had a very hard upbringing, and it, it was one of those things where we knew you needed this character who obviously was doing bad things, you need to be able to root for him, right? Like he needed to anchor the movie with heart, bring the sort of layer of humanity to it that would, you know, just ensure that no matter what he did, how much trouble he got into, you're clapping along for him, right? Yeah. so josh really you know josh really embodied all of that so uh, we sent him the script right when the pandemic started um, so the pandemic started we kind of took a seat for a second and said okay we gotta maybe like check out what's happening in the rest of the world see if movies are going to continue uh so then we sent him the script he read it really really fast we got on the phone and uh we said all right we're gonna do this and then COVID lasted a little bit longer he ended up stepping in for uh army hammer on shotgun wedding with j-lo so he had a couple other projects that were sort of moving pretty fast and then we needed to figure out if we could even shoot in canada so it bought us a little bit more time to figure out who the rest of the cast were going to be and alicia was always my first choice because if my lead wasn't going to be canadian i was like i need a canadian in this film and even when we were going to shoot in canada alicia was always my first choice i've been a huge fan of her since you know 24 and you know she she was she was incredible and, and you know she brought this this maturity to the role in a way that I don't think we've seen from her before, sort of combining the the the, the drama and the comedy and all those things that brought levity to the movie with Josh. So she uh, unbeknownst to me, she had already read the script because Josh's manager and Alicia's manager are the same person. They share okay. they share a rep. So uh, she was slipped the script before we were able to figure out, you know, how we were gonna go to her. Where we were shooting, when we were shooting, it was all this stuff that was up in the air. So, meanwhile, you know, I'm thinking, oh, I can't wait to go and, you know, formally ask Alicia to do this. And then, you know, she calls me and she's like, yeah, by the way, I read, I love this script. I read it a while ago and I really want to play yeah. this character. So that was amazing. And then, yeah, the rest kind of fell together. We went to Mel because Mel had this uncanny resemblance to the real Tommy K. Um, really? it was, yeah, it was, it was crazy. And just, you know, it was like a bucket list thing for me. And then uh, Nestor kind of came in right before we started shooting. Um, He had an opening uh, before another series commitment. I think he was at, oh my God, he was at like a con convention in Florida on a Friday. And he agreed to do the movie Saturday morning. And he was on Monday morning. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, Nestor is one of those guys that's been around a while, but who and he, you know like he's one of those guys most people most average people probably would be like well i know i've seen that guy and so
1: yeah
0: but he does so much you know he's one of those kind of really interesting characters like william
1: Fitchner, kind of you know he's yeah, like yeah, like that. Like that.
0: yeah he's he's really cool and, oh. that, you, know, and getting, you know getting to have gibson um even for just a week how, how long was the shoot so the shoot yeah
1: this is crazy the shoot was supposed to be 32 days and it became 21 days oh. which yeah it was brutal i mean we had 200 scenes we had 95 sets and locations we were in three different cities i, I still don't know how we did it to be quite honest <laughs> with you the crew the crew were incredible the cast were such team players and my brain had to move faster than I ever had before um so yeah we we crammed a lot into a little
0: well, what, what's it like for you Like after those 21 days are done? what What is your mind like at, at the end?
1: I got on a plane and went to Miami to see my wife, who well, I hadn't seen in like nine weeks. Uh, and I just vegged out completely, yeah. just took my mind off of it so I can go back into the edit and start fresh. But yeah, I will tell you, that this was the hardest undertaking in my career thus far. Um, right. Just, you know, the, the sheer amount of things that we had to shoot and the little time that we were given um, was such a challenge, but it also, it also taught me to, to be even more prepared than I ever thought I could be. Um, I think it was sort of like a trial by fire and it kind of, we all grew from it in a way, which was nice because, you know, that's the thing about filmmaking is it doesn't matter how many you do, you should always still be learning something, something new about yourself, about your process, about the process of filmmaking itself. Um, so I was, I was really grateful. Yeah,
0: uh, and, and you you know the film it's coming out on demand, but it's also being a lot you know allowed I guess you know it's, there's only like seventy something movies coming out this year apparently. Uh, oh really? I don't know what the number. Maybe that was studio films, but yeah, the numbers have
1: dropped for sure.
0: Yeah, um, but there aren't many you know movies out. Uh, and movies oddly enough, it's weird is we're going we've kind of gone back to an older model. Always movies are allowed to stay out longer. Than they had been like i mean top gun 2 was out for has is still out in the theaters. yeah it just
1: came it kind of came back this past yeah month. yeah
0: i mean it's just became the fifth highest grossing movie of all time or something as
1: it should be it's a masterpiece
0: yeah um but you know in in the fact that not, you know not a lot is getting released these days how satisfying
1: is it for you to to have a film in the theaters too yeah listen it's amazing i think the biggest thing for me is that it's going to be opening in Toronto. i mean i, I know in canada i i i the final theater count i think it's like a hundred something in north america which is really really good for an independent film mm-hmm. um but i know that we're opening in vancouver we're opening in toronto so you know cineplex is our big chain here so to be able to go to cineplex.com and see your film listed as a it's sort of like this is what you've worked your entire life for you know what i mean it's, yeah it's uh, you kind of have to pinch yourself a little bit it's it's amazing
0: yeah, it's actually being, I know, I don't know all the theaters around the Chicago area, but I know it's playing in a suburb near me, um, for sure, because that was one of the first things where I typed in the movie name. It came up as like, you know, Orland, Orland Park, uh, Marcus Cinema, you know. Unfold oh, interesting. And,
1: and yeah, whatever. I didn't know, you know, I, it's funny, every day people are telling me new information about my own movie or about its yeah. like, release and availability, but yeah, I know that, um, I know that there's still putting together the final theater list right now. Yeah. I know it's open in all the major markets and, and then there's a, a list of where it'll be in the suburbs through different states. So I think they're still working on that, but I gotta I gotta check it out myself. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's just it's kind of I mean it's kind of cool. It, it's I, I I see a lot of interest sometimes you have to actually go I don't know about Canada, but for here in America, sometimes you actually have to go to individual theaters to see all the films that they're playing because sometimes there's stuff that doesn't get you don't see any ads for right all of a sudden they've just got a movie like uh, a theater another theater near me plays a lot of uh hindi films okay yeah yeah sometimes it's like wow i didn't i mean i didn't realize there was a mark there was an audience for it out this way but i mean obviously if they're showing it they figured they feel there is
1: well i always felt to see certain indie films you had to travel further away outside the city or there'd be one main theater like sort of one place that's been designated within like a big metropolis area yeah. to um you know
0: yeah, yeah we I mean the Chicago I mean Chicago has a lot of like uh, you know independent movie theaters that show a lot of the you know yeah the- I
1: feel like it's like New York right I've only been to Chicago yeah. once but I know that they're very big on the arts yeah
0: there's a few there's a few cinemas and then there we've got probably the most renowned theater here is the Music Box which shows. Like they do seventy millimeter festivals and and all that you know that kind okay. of it. it's it's the closest thing I can say it's it's compared to is somewhere between, oh god I don't even know the the between but it's kind of in a way like the New Beverly in, in L.A. Okay, yeah, it doesn't do a lot of revivals but still it'll have like in October they're showing thirty one horror films the whole month you know oh cool you know so that that's kind of like the thing that they do they. And they have festivals and all kinds of stuff so it's it's cool for that although they recently remodeled they didn't really changed the seats which i didn't understand but whatever uh, they're still like literally from like the 20s <laughs> right <laughs> they're a whole rickety but uh i saw the next one you're doing is tenfold where are you
1: on that so funny someone else asked me about that i guess that's on my imdb um yeah, yeah that, I, that i i don't actually know that's set up somewhere uh okay the- pictures so i have no idea actually do you on.
0: have something you are actively working on
1: i have a couple things i actually i think it's getting announced today at tip i just produced the new nicholas cage oh. joel kinnaman film it's called sympathy for the devil if you saw nick with red hair in the tabloids for the last couple of weeks it's because of that yeah Yeah. So that's our movie um, which which, which what's the title it's called sympathy for the devil
0: and that's um is that the, the renfield thing
1: no 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 no, no, no. It, oh, it hasn't been, it, it's being announced today at tip oh uh, okay yeah, so I just came back from Vegas. Uh, I was there for a couple of months working on that, and then uh, I've got yeah. I mean, I have a couple of things that I'm working on right I have a prison film called Solitary, which um, you know we're gonna start casting pretty soon, and then I have another film uh, called London Calling, which is sort of like a Martin McDonough in Bruges action comedy. Um, so yeah, there's a couple of things. Cool. Very cool. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, there's a final question. Just kind of, if you could tell me what. What were the, the, the movies or, I guess, TV series, that maybe even, that inspired you to want to be a, a filmmaker?
1: Ooh, good question. Um, well, the films that inspired this one were Heat and Me If You Can. Um, my inspiration is, a, you know, look, I, I've been a student of cinema my whole life. So when I was growing up and my dad had all the VHSs to the Bond movies and to Jaws and all the sort of seminal blockbuster films. I don't think there was one specific movie that sort of lit my fuse, you know what I mean? It was sort of just a a collection of, you know, uh, tapes in my dad's shelf that just made me love movies. Um, You know, there were certain movies in the early nineties and then mid nineties where, you know, I would deliberately skip school, like Blade Runner I used to watch all the time uh the rocks one of my favorite movies i used to watch that a lot that's a fun one. um but uh and you know t listen 24 was one of my favorite series growing up i was in elementary school when that came out that, yeah. that was a huge influence on me but yeah i'd say i'd say it's just sort of an appreciation for the art in general rather than sort of like a singular film or series
0: i got you i got you well um, i is there anything i feel i might have missed here that you need to i think we covered a, a fair amount about the film yeah, no. Did you like the film? Yeah, it was good. I, I enjoyed. Uh, espe- I especially like. I like Josh in a lot of things. I remember, you know, he's kind of had a, a, a you know, kind of a up and down sort of career. In, yes. Yeah. In a lot of ways, but uh, he's one of these guys that that sticks around. Um, but I always liked him on Vegas. Sure. Uh, with Jimmy Khan. Yeah, love that show. I, I, you know, I know he was in a bunch of the Transformers films, but I think I only saw the first. First one,
1: yeah, smart decision.
0: Transformers was after I became, you know, after uh, my years as a kid, so I uh, it never appealed to me so much. But uh, the first one was fun. You yeah, the first one,
1: the first one's, the like, first one's you know, a fun coming of age. Too,
0: right? Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, it was it, it was a fun movie. I, I definitely liked it. It was a little low key, you know, which was, I liked. It wasn't like it wasn't like heat. It wasn't some grand, you know. You know extreme thing you know but it, it had touches of the, the the thought process uh that i really like so yeah it was it was a fun movie
1: uh, i enjoyed it
0: cool it was also cool seeing alicia uh in it as well because she's somebody that since 24 i've really liked as well so it's kudos to you for getting them both thank you Uh, Well, Alan, I appreciate you taking the time today. uh, Good luck with the film. Good luck with what you're working on next. Thank you. And uh, I hope you have a great rest of your day.
1: You too. Thanks so much. Great meeting you.
0: Thank you. Take care.